0: Welcome to one more edition of Politics Than Right. My name is Egberto Willis, your host. Today we have a very special guest, especially in these times.
1: At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life changing care, and we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible because we're already doing it, all while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder.
0: These things must be considered where they must be addressed. Ted Griffith is a 40-year communications and public affairs professional who has helped senior executives in business, government, politics, media, and nonprofits to deliver persuasive messages. As president of the Fixers Group, His team has managed issues in in such sectors as energy, water and wastewater, healthcare, municipal and provincial governments, agriculture, finance, mining and retail. There's not a place he hasn't touched. The firm is committed to bring in the art and science of persuasion to the clients in communication. Welcome to Politics Unright. Uh, Ted, how are you doing today?
1: I'm doing great, Alberto. Thank you for having me. This is a great opportunity.
0: Actually, look, I, I, I really, I must confess that I didn't get through the entire of your book, but I went through uh, some of the synapses, and yeah. it is a topic that we cover here at Politics Done Right day in and day out. And having uh, a, a, a book of this nature that itemizes it does, I think it is, a, it is an excellent thing. So let's go ahead and start with your entry. Why did you write the book? Well, I'd say I was... I'd say I was pulling beforehand beforehand, beforehand yeah. I I want to let folks know and I'm sorry about this. <laughs> the title of the book that uh that Ted wrote is
1: Arc of Theater of Lies, correct? The, the-, the arc. we we, we, we the, no Theater of Lies. Theater of Lies. The, we live in a theater of lies. And uh, yep. isn't that true? You know, as I was doing the research on this book because I was as a communicator I was over the years just fr- frustrated about how people were making decisions based on lies and information and, you know, letting their opinions be based on lies and information. And, you know, uh, I've always, this is the book I've always wanted to write. I've written a lot over, uh, over many, many years, but I just wanted to spend some time and go, you know, and, and certainly, you know, the, the, uh, the COVID pandemic uh, informed part of this is that, you know, people were uh, deciding not to get vaccinated and, um, uh, you know, when, and saying this, you know, too much uh, personal uh, input in their lives. and But this was causing people to die. And so people were making decisions based on lies and misinformation that are actually affecting their health. And I found lots more evidence of that in the process of writing the book. And so I gave it the title Theater of Lies because what I found is that the producers of lies and misinformation use the same tools that – Producers in Hollywood, television, and and theater use. There's a villain. There's a problem that has to be solved. There's barriers to overcome, and the stakes keep rising and rising and rising until nobody else but me or others can can fix it. Um, and those are the the things that that get into our. Uh, we're used to those stories and and believing them. We go into a theater, we suspend disbelief, we enjoy the show. But it's being all around us now in how people are communicating with us, and they're using those tools to manipulate us now
0: let, let me first uh let's go ahead you're in toronto canada right now yeah. and mm-hmm. um i living here in the united states i i know we, we are pretty close to each other and we we get cross national news etc i watch a canadian broadcast and every so often etc but there is a certain cancer that has evolved here in the united states I don't think you guys have ever seen it in Canada. Uh, enlighten me if I'm if I'm wrong. I don't think we've seen it in most countries in the Western world.
1: Well, I would disagree with you there. I think. Thank you. I think that America is certainly can be seen as the crucible of it right now, and maybe mm-hmm. the most at stake. I mean, going into the twenty twenty four election, democracy's at stake. I mean. As a as a Canadian, uh, growing up, and I was, was around American influences all my life. My father worked for an American corporation, you know, American news uh, coming across from Buffalo all the time. The thought that democracy is on the ballot in America in twenty twenty four is is astounding. But it's it has come into Canada. Um, the uh it has come into to the UK. Look what happened in Brexit. Right. Um, you know, where, you know, it was uh, you know, the the yes side and the no side there were we're passing lines back and forth to, to manipulate people. Um so no, it's not um I mean so
0: in other words you're telling me it's much more uh, it's much more prevalent than I would see it live in in this morass here in the United States, it just seems like it's all encompassing. From your research, I think you're telling me that, no, you're seeing this, or you've seen this all over.
1: It's all over the world. Absolutely all over the world. I mean, and the pro- one of the problems is you get from the theater of lies, to the rule of lies. Mm -hmm. And that's what you've got in China and you've got in in Russia and and other areas where. Explain the
0: difference. I think that is a very good concept that you just gave there. The differences that you just for the theater of law, the rule of lies.
1: Well, we, we live in a theater of lies today. And that is that so much of what we see is is a lie or misinformation and is produced to manipulate us. But when you get into the rule of lies, that means you if you challenge the lies, you go to jail. And that's what happens in China. That's what happens in Russia. In, in Russia, for example, with the Ukrainian invasion, the war in Ukraine um, – You know, Putin passed a law that said you couldn't use the term war.
0: War. Yes, I remember that. Mm
1: -hmm. Okay. Um, And and, in China, um, the first doctor that found COVID 19 was put in jail because Mm -hmm. he, he talked about it. That's what I call the rule of lies. Okay. So when literally you go from, okay, we're being influenced by lies, which is where we are now, to saying, no, no, this is the truth. This is what you, what you say. And if you don't say that, you go to jail. That's the rule of lies.
0: Now, interestingly, uh, like, like you said, you're, you're looking in from Canada to the United States. And, and I think you just said, and I'm going to go back to the tenet of your book in a second, mm-hmm. but I, I want to get this straight. You've seen this migration of this excessive amount of lies and misinformation starting to migrate
1: across the, the border as well? Absolutely. Absolutely. The, uh, um, and it's on both sides of, you know, uh, use an American term, both sides of the aisle, liberals, conservatives, Republicans, Democrats, um, you know, there's either complete baffle gab. I mean, and George Orwell talked about this, you know, mm-hmm. 60 years ago with politics in the English language, how, you know, political language is designed to manipulate because it says things that don't mean anything. You know, I can say I'm fighting for democracy, what does that mean? Because democracy means different things to different people. Mm-hmm. Um, that's part of the problem with, with misinformation and lies. That Sometimes it's just not a lie, but it's using words that mean one thing to me, mean another thing to you. Um, but you think I mean what you what you want me to believe. Um, that's that's part of the problem that we're dealing with is that. Uh, Here, we've got a a, a, sort of our our opposition or prime minister in in waiting. He may may feel he is, you know, calls Canada broken. Mm -hmm. Yet every poll, every every survey, every study shows Canada among the one, two, three or fourth uh, best country in the world. Right. Well, if we're broken, we're doing pretty well. Are there things wrong that needs to be fixed? Of course. But. That's what lies and misinformation do. They take something and they I call it, you know, it's its like this is this is how hyperbole works. Right. I say something's broken. I say things and if they're broken, they're either broken or fixed. That's binary thinking. And that's what we get a lot of now, a lot more of. And we saw it in COVID-19. We had our own uh, trucker convoy go across the country and and surround the uh, our parliament hill for three weeks. I remember and that. Yeah. Yeah, that was that was worldwide news um you know based on misinformation of covid um you know based on misinformation of even how our political system works they wanted our governor general to throw the prime minister out um which um she actually has no power to do, <laughs> to do. um no there's no legislative power in the world like that so for, for for in in canada um so lots of lies and misinformation and a lot of it comes down to again it's a signal that you're being presents you with binary options. This is right. This is wrong. This is left. This is right. This is um, vaccines are bad. Vaccines are good. Like mm-hmm. that. It, we need to get into more of understanding and debate and be able to debate on nuances on, on in the gray area. And now with even with I say it's, it's on both sides of, of a call, this left right thinking binary is on the left, if you bring something up, you get into cancel culture. Oh, you can't talk about that. So they, you know, you get you get canceled. On the right, you get uh, ostracized and and beat up and doxxed and all sorts of terrible things can happen if you dare to to to, to ask the question. To ask the question, it's like I kind of feel like we live in a world where there's a a matriarch or a patriarch sitting at the head of our our family dinner table. I-
0: Actually, I think there is. actually, I think there is. But before I get into that, yeah. because I want to explore these yep. things with you. Okay. Yep. um, but before we get into that, I, I want to get some of the context of your writing., yes. um because a lot of how you the, the things that you're talking about it sounds very American. And in uh, following both Canadian and American news, I wonder about the um, let's say, the symmetry. In other words, it is, it is really, really bad here. The cancel culture, the ostracization, the doxing, I mean, it's very, very bad here. I haven't seen that at least reported in Canada. So I'm, I guess I'm asking if it is your book, let's say, mostly uh, for this major audience here in America, which I think suffers at this point in our history, uh, most of that problem.
1: Well, I go back to the fact that America doesn't suffer most of this problem. It is okay. everywhere. Uh, I, I cite Canadian examples in the book. I cite American examples, British, Australian, Chinese, Russian, um, Japanese. Um, there, there are this, this issue is around the world. Um, you know, let, let's not forget that in you know, 1944, Japanese people died yeah. for their emperor. Right. Because right. they believed he was a god right
0: correct yes so that that's how we got kamikazes and everything else right okay
1: that's a belief in a lie very true right absolute where they cost millions of lies right so it's not an american problem i think americans have gotten better at it Mm -hmm. it, there's a, a you know a line repeated in the book that simply says lies Work. And when people think there's a conspiracy theory of people getting together and doing plans, they go, No. They just know that lies work. And in, in the business world in marketing and communications, if something works, you repeat it. Why invent why invent something new? Why if 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 lies are more effective than truth to get people to persuade to do what you want them to do? Why is that? Well, the 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 key that I found is that I put lies and facts in the same bucket. I call them proof points, okay, because they play on our biases. They play on what I call emotional resonance. So if the speaker, whether it's me or a or a presidential candidate or a business person, is talking and that what they're talking about resonate with resonates with you emotionally, the The proof points you use, whether it's lies or misinformation or facts, that it simply confirms the decision you've already made. There you go. Is that we don't use facts to inform us. We use facts and facts and lies to confirm what we already believe.
0: Now, I I, I want to postulate something. Have you ever heard of the Powell memo?
1: Yes. Is that the. um, It's
0: it's it's a memorandum (laughs) written in in the in the 1960s by American justice. uh, American, I think he was uh, the lawyer for the Chamber of Commerce Mm -hmm. here in America, and he eventually was ascended to the Supreme Court as a Supreme Court justice. But Mm -hmm. the idea behind this memo was that progressives were taken, taken hold in America. You know, people were getting smarter, Mm -hmm. uh, wondering uh, why why the business world could have so much power based on what, you know, the average American citizen does. And the idea was that the the schools, the the schools, the institutions had to be infiltrated to make sure that we didn't turn against business in effect. So it it was a it's a it was a pretty long letter that pretty much got implemented in the United States, the formation of the Heritage Foundation, the Cato Institute and a lot of these other think tanks. That give plausibility to what I think you would justifiably call lies and 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 I guess what I'm saying it seemed to have come from a you asked why the lies or I asked why the lies it seemed to have always come from the corporate perspective, in other words, to use our intrinsic vulnerabilities and otherwise to make
1: their points your your thoughts on that well it's. It's true. I mean, in the business world, we simply call it market research. <laughs> the, you know, what 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 are the points that are going to engage people? And my my most simple example is if I am selling home alarm systems, mm-hmm. I think I'm going to talk a lot about rising crime rates. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> okay. I mean, you nailed it. That's, you nailed okay. it. Yeah. So and uh, and they're rising in your neighborhood, you know. So if if I'm living in Toronto and I'm trying to sell all of them in Toronto, I'm going to talk about Toronto statistics going up, and uh, or things that look like Toronto that maybe maybe aren't true. And so you know, it's it's a long established pattern. There's no question. And I do say because it works. And in a it's not so bad if somebody's selling home security systems. Mhm, you know it's not a bad thing to have a home security system, and if I right. get a little manipulated by thinking crime rates it's are okay. rising it's 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 not the it's not a crime, okay, but if I'm choosing my government mhm-, you know if I'm saying that you know I'm not a racist, mhm- when in fact i do and say and have racist thoughts all the time, mm-hmm. because if if I'm, you know, I mean, it was only in 1965 that Canada lost its last segregated school. You know? Oh, really? Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, we had segregated lunch counters in Halifax, you know, which was the center of the black population. Right. In, I know. In yeah. Canada. The migration. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's so you know, as I say, we're, we, don't, we don't hold up our, our hands so well. Our, our fight today in Canada is is the truth of Indigenous residential schools and the damage that they've done, the people that have the children that died in them and how many died and what's true and what's not true. And li- they're literally, you know, papers written on all sides of, of, of this argument. So we were still there, okay, based on the fact that, race, which is also a lie, okay, it's a, it's a, it's a human construct yes, that we, yes, we've created, yeah. okay, yeah. that says, and that goes back, right back to the 1452 with, a, right. with, with, with an author who talked about how, you know, Africans, Africans were, you know, were basically degenerates, right, and, and needed Christian help to save them. And, uh, and so by, we, we enslaved them by making sure they were low on the totem pole they, they, and they needed our help. So we were doing them benefit, which you heard just last year from Ron DeSantis, that the slaves yes. learned skills. Yes. 500 years later, same message. It's okay. ama- it, you know what? It is amazing. You, you brought. I mean, I,
0: I, I like the way you think because, you know, I, I have this term now called antiseptic slavery. My term. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Antiseptic slavery, I like where that I plan. said where I said we're all that we're all slaves now where it used to look like me, not looks like all of us. We're all slaves to the corporate state corporate that the corporations. And I give in, in, in a couple of my books, I give the examples why I use that term. Now, um, I, I think in you pointing out and tying DeSantis to a 500 year construct, mm-hmm. it's powerful. And I think it's essential that we see these similarities, how it has migrated up the default. And actually, a book like yours that d- distributes an, an exact how lies happens, I think it, it is it is what we need right now. So please, uh, well,
1: well, th- thank you for that, because the, the, the book has has three parts to it. And mm-hmm. because it's called Theater of Lies, I called them acts Act mm-hmm. one, act two, act three, like a three act play. And the first act was was actually what I started with, which was simply the question, why do we, why do we believe lies mm-hmm. and why do we repeat them to others? Those two fundamentals and I go back to. You know, the book starts with the first chapter is in the beginning, there were lies. Mm -hmm. And let's talk about, you know, Adam and Eve and the tree of knowledge. Don't eat from the fruit of the tree of knowledge. And the serpent, you know, the devil saying, you should have that apple, Eve. Okay, if there was ever a clearer message that says, don't have knowledge, call something the tree of knowledge and say, don't eat from it. And then if you do, you're cast out. Right. That was the first, you know, I would call it there's many, many lies mm-hmm. in the world beforehand. Uh, but that's the one that's written right in the Bible, sort of on page one after in the beginning. Then there is this if you find knowledge. Right. If right. you are curious. Right. Remember remember the other cliche that's out there, which is actually a Shakespearean term. Curiosity killed the cat. Yes, yes, yes. All All these messages from the bible to shakespeare to others which says don't ask questions that's dangerous okay and it's it's the people in power or people trying to acquire power well now I'm gone past don't even ask, not even just don't ask questions if you ask questions you're gone you're out mm-hmm. okay that's the, that's the fracture you're seeing in between the Republicans and the Democrats in general in the United States and the fracture you're seeing in the Republican Party between the MAGA uh, Republicans and the so-called traditional Republicans is how dare can you question these things? Um, but it's because, I mean, I even start with, with the fundamentals, which are some people call them benign lies, but I call them they're they're teaching points. Mm-hmm. I just bring this up that we're all brought up with this fact that, you know, the sun rises in the morning and it sets at night. OK, you see it every day. It's on our phones. It's on the, weather, the newscasts. So some comes up now, some comes down there. Yes. But that's not actually what happens.
0: Right. This rotation uh, of the earth. Yeah. It,
1: it, our position on the earth rotates away to, towards the sun and then away from it. OK. Right. Now, I'm not saying that we need to stop saying sunrise and sunset, but it's a teachable moment. Right. To say what you are seeing may not be true. Mm hmm. Because mm-hmm. we get this all the time. Well, I saw it for myself. You know, I've been to Africa. I've seen, you know, the slums in Africa and they're, they're poor and they're starving and they're ignorant. And, you know, why would you want more of them here? I've seen it myself. Well, that's not necessarily true. Okay. Just because you've seen it doesn't make it true. Okay. So another thing that we do is we take a single point of data, even mm-hmm. something I've seen or something that I've read, and we use what I call silly putty logic. Mm-hmm. We take that and we stretch it all the way across. Remember that silly putty toys? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. So we, we stretch it to fit a point. And and part of that problem is, 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 is where our, our traditional media comes in. And that is because what traditional media does is they don't talk data. They talk news and news is something that's by definition. Rare, mm-hmm. you know, it's it's. You know, dog bites man is not news, man bites dog is news. Okay? Right. Now, just because a man bites a dog doesn't mean that all men bite dogs. Right. 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 And this is what happens in in the in the mainstream news. I, I saw it, you know, we saw it in the most pertinent time was when I was writing the book, was during the when vaccines were coming out for COVID. And if there was any adverse reaction to a COVID vaccine, the news was right on it. Right. Okay. Now and be people, oh, there's problems. Well, if you know, which which I have worked in the, the healthcare industry and know the protocols, is that if you take a vaccine, any drug for that matter, and have some sort of reaction, that, that is reported to in your case, it would be the CDC and the um, and your health authorities. Here it would be Health Canada, and it's investigated. Mm-hmm. And even if you, you know, if you had a vaccine and you slipped on a piece of ice and fell on the ground, that would still be reported as an incident based right. on the vaccine. And then there would be a complete report that would say, no, the vaccine didn't have anything to do with this. So, but that's a long, involved discussion that doesn't mean black and white, somebody had a vaccine and had a, a bad reaction. Mm-hmm. Um, look what happened with, uh, I'm a Buffalo Bills fan. Right. I grew up in, in uh, say, the Toronto area and cheering for the Buffalo Bills is in my DNA. Well, you remember last year when Demar Hamlin in that football game in Cincinnati, he got hit. And okay? Right. And his heart his stopped heart stopped yeah. twice. Uh eventually saved. Well, while he's on the field, you know, everybody's got their their phone now. Okay. Everybody's got their computer and internet access mm-hmm. in their hand. Already starting to tweet, oh, this is because he had a COVID vaccine. It was a myocardial infection in his heart that stopped it. We, and that was uh, Marjorie Taylor Green tweeted that, and the next mm-hmm. day on Tucker Carlson's show, they had a doctor come on and talk all about this. Nothing to do with that. It was what well, was discovered later because medical diagnosis takes mm-hmm. a little time, folks, that if you get hit, and it happens with soccer players and football players, if you get hit with a helmet or a soccer ball right here in the heart, it can disrupt your heart rhythms to mm-hmm. the point of causing it just it's a it's a it's the it's the right force at the right time in the right place at the right and beat yeah At the right right in between the beats all this things right. can happen mm-hmm. and so that's what actually happened but meanwhile 10 million retweets of marjorie taylor Green's got to investigate the vaccines that's what's caused this death this this on field right during the right during the instant happen so it's that you know that city silly putty logic um
0: uh, hold on on the third one, because I want to expand on what you just said, which is yep. such an important part when you brought the media in. I want to do a talk. I mentioned two incidences here in the United States, one uh, that that could have had implications, national implications on. Who win election, et cetera? The birther movement in America, it didn't matter where uh it didn't matter where Obama was born, given that his American his mother was an American. But the media ran away with the story the, the Trump story on birther, in as much as all they needed to say his mother was a natural born American. It doesn't matter where he was born, he would be a natural born American. That would have been the end of the case. Instead, mm-hmm. it moved on. The other thing is uh when it comes to Canada and Medicare uh, the, the state of Medicare in in Canada Canada has, compared to the United States, great healthcare. Compared to the United States, uh, th- their biggest issue has always been oh, well, in Canada, you wait longer for a hip replacement. Turns out here in the United States, uh, we have private healthcare, but given that it's all privatized and you have to move things around, you still have to wait a hell of a long time for most Americans to see a specialist. No different than, the, 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 than, let's say, actually quite a bit worse because it costs you a lot more here in the United States. Just needed to do that interjection. Continue,
1: please. Well, and it's, it's uh, and, you know, and, and Canada's taxes rates are higher. You know. Oh, like, they're you know, comparable. Uh, we're comparable when you actually get down to how much money we end up in the end of the day, you, you have lower income tax rates in the United it, States. Some states have no income tax at all, et cetera. But guess what? They have higher sales taxes. Right. Um, and and you're, you're paying for it in other ways. And America has the, some of the highest costs of health care per capita in the yes. world. Yes. With the worst outcomes. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. Uh, that, uh, you know, and is, Canada, is our healthcare system Perfect. Again, nothing's perfect unless we go back to this binary thinking. It's right or it's wrong. It's broken or it's fixed. Um, no, the, the, the world moves forward in the gray. And how do we fix it? How do we make it better? And uh, that's what happens with lies and misinformation. Also, they close down thought. We won't go that way because that's bad. I, I I'll hear it on listening on CNN and people talk about uh, Norway. And the, the, the right wing commentators says, well, they're socialists. We don't want to learn anything from them. Happiest people in the world every Happiest, year. And, and, and
0: great health care. I mean, yeah. I, I, yeah. there's an American that I interviewed who moved over there. Mm-hmm. And he moved over there. His son uh, went skiing and broke his neck. It was, it was, uh, well, he's better, he's much yeah. improved. But it was because of the health care they had. He never had to worry about losing a job, never had to worry about going bankrupt. Mm-hmm. They took care of him. They took him to. His, I mean, we can do it uh, if we could get out of this
1: theater of lies. Mm-hmm. If we can get out of the theater of lies, we would do well. Look, uh, it, <laughs> I, 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 just, I remember when the, the Obamacare was coming in, I have to, have to yeah. say this and they were talking about it and having discussions. And I'm saying Americans are protesting. Against going bankrupt for healthcare, right? <laughs> yeah, like, it's amazing, going, isn't it? I, yes, I. Um, and the fundamental thought that well, in order you get healthcare paid for, if you have a job, right? It's crazy. Well, so that's linked to a job. Well, why?
3: <laughs> why exactly. do I have, to have a job to
1: get healthcare? Uh, um, let's let's yeah. listen. Let me let me just let me let me just say
0: this. I mean, uh, it is great to have somebody from outside of the country. Uh, who's under these different programs be able to say this. But, you know, I've been having so much fun talking to you that we've actually let time go by. So here's what I'm going to ask you, Ted. First of all, I'm going to ask you to tell me whatever you want that I should have asked you that I didn't about your book, about anything so that we can close out. But more importantly, uh, tell me what you see as a solutions to try to get around this theater of lies, if you will. Okay.
1: Well, using the theater of lies metaphor, the lie producers are not going to stop. Mm-hmm. It works. It has worked for hundreds of years, and it's only getting more so. So the solution is to become a better audience. Mm-hmm. Okay. A more critical audience. Mm-hmm. The... The, the the fundamental way to take care of this is to pause, take a step back and be curious. OK, ask the question, why are they telling me this? What are their motivations? OK, it's, it's what I see in the United States that I wrote about in, in Newsweek about that, you know, there is a a conservative movement in in the in the states in the in the United States that national conservatives or common good conservatives or Christian conservatives that are embracing Donald Trump's lies, not because they believe him, but because he will set the ground for them to have their conservative country or independent states, whatever it ends up en, en, ends up being, putting democracy back on the table. that people, We've, you've, you've got to spend time to understand not just that people are lying to you, but understand the why of the lies, because they're done with purpose. Yeah. And once you get into the, their, their motivations, you can sort of check that emotional resonance pack for just a bit. The, um, what I ask people to do, I said it's very easy and yet very hard. Number one is park your biases, park your ideologies. Just take them and just park them, put them to the side say don't worry they're safe they're still there they're not running away you can have them back whenever you want but just for a second park them okay ask yourself the question what if the other side is right what do i have to know that maybe the other side of this argument has that i don't know okay put just take that park that for a second take that pause and be curious because between your curiosity and your imagination and that kind of diligence, you become a better audience member, and then you have what I call the the the, the third C. First of all, was you got to care that you're being lied to. Secondly, you got to be curious, and finally, you have to have the courage to stand up and say, "I don't think it's that way," because you're going to get hit hard back. But courage is important. So that that's the you know in in a in a couple sentences, what the book is about is to help people give you the tools, both as individuals organizations, because like, there's companies and organizations that are, are spreading lies and misinformation, they don't even know it because they believe the lies they're telling. Yeah. Uh, you know, I'll go back, don't, I don't know how much time I got left, but the, uh, the chocolate industry, every chocolate bar you, you buy now, a mainstream chocolate, says like Cocoa for Good or Sustainable Cocoa, you know, all th- these programs. Well, guess what? The, the people who are growing the cocoa make three dollars a day. Mm-hmm. They can't afford to buy rice from the, what they sell the cocoa for to feed their families. So, you know, I'm I'm sorry. You know, Nestle and Roundtree and Mars, it's not sustainable. Okay. That's not you' you're 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 fooling yourself or you're fooling them now they've got to think of fair trade cocoa, which is higher price, et cetera. We go well, that's one percent of the market but so it's that's an area where I go that's a problem. They need to tell people that our fair our sustainable cocoa programs aren't working. We need you to help us consumer and let's work together to make sure the the uh, folks in Guinea who are growing our, our our cocoa can have a good life and 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 educate their children The the point of the matter is, is you've got to park your biases. Corporations have to look to themselves and say, what misinformation are we putting out there? Let's look at ourselves. And as a society, we have to raise a generation of curious children who are encouraged to have lifelong learning. So our school system is set up to create workers, not create thinkers. Mm -hmm. But here's the problem. I go back just to people who say, well, no, we have to create these workers. When the child re- going into kindergarten today comes out of high school or you know a four-year college, none of us know what the labor environment's gonna be and the workforce needs are gonna be 13, 15, 16 years from now. None of us know. Let's just go back 16 years. The, right. the, the, between the internet and social media and, right. and digital media and and computer technology, we weren't training our kids then to to do that. You need to train thinkers. We're able to adapt to, into these new environments. So that's, that's important. We can't, we, if you're trying to raise workers, you can't do it the way you're doing it. You Got to raise thinkers and thinkers. Okay. Let's go back to that tree of knowledge. Right. That's what the authority doesn't want. Exactly. Donald Trump doesn't want right. people to think. Exactly. Okay? exactly. And doesn't want, doesn't want to have, Ron DeSantis, no debates on critical race theory. Dumb title. Dumb, 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 dumb title. Whoever came up with critical race theory, it was obviously an academic and then other mm-hmm. people took it on and, and used it. Come up with a better name. You know, it's like when the, the left took on the term woke, mm-hmm. you know, good black term about being, you know, black slang about being a, a black children, being, being aware of the that way around, yeah. around police. Right. Be aware that they're going to treat you differently. But, you know, the left took it and made it their own. And then, of course, it was easy because since nobody knew what woke really means. We could stamp the meaning. Yeah, we could say we could stamp the meaning and say, I'm Mm anti-woke.
3: Now
1: Mm -hmm. it's woke, anti-woke, and nobody knows what any of it means. (laughs) Okay, we get back into labels rather than reality. So that's what education could do. Curiosity can do. Um, And I think the last thing is if, if somebody ever gives you a term, a word that you don't understand that you have to look up first of all that's good you're looking it up you're curious yeah. like somebody talked about illiberalism and you know and the term common sense conservatism i have to look these things up because i don't mm-hmm. i don't talk with my friends and my associates and my colleagues like my yeah these terms if i've got to go look it up somebody's trying to get something by me <laughs> okay sure. and the use of language is, is a very powerful tool to manipulate people well that's my business though i believe I'm trying to persuade people for good Mm -hmm. and for them to be independent thinkers, not ideological on either side. Ideology is a killer of curiosity. And um, that's why I promote this message to all sides of the argument.
0: Ted Griffith, author of Theater of Lies. Thank you so kindly for having been on
1: politics and right. Appreciate it. I look forward to hearing the broadcast.
0: With our progressive message, a message that we know is what most Americans say that they want. So help us please join. Letitia James did not pull any punches. She is the attorney who prosecuted, the state attorney for New York, who uh, prosecuted Donald Trump for his thievery, for his thuggishness in the financial sector in New York. And she made it clear whether you're president of the United States or otherwise, you will pay for your malfeasance. And yes, he's going to pay for his malfeasance to the order of over a half a billion dollars for having ripped off New York and bankers for so many years. Listen to what she had to say, then we'll take it on the other side.
4: I want to be clear. White collar financial fraud is not a victimless crime. When the powerful break the law and take more than their fair share, there are fewer resources available for working people small businesses and families and everyday americans cannot lie to a bank about how much money they have in order to get a mortgage to buy a home or a loan to keep their business afloat or to send their child to college and if they did i want to thank the entire incredible and hard working team in my office that tried this case because the scale And the scope of Donald Trump's fraud is staggering. And so too is his ego. And his belief that the rules do not apply to him. Today, we are holding Donald Trump accountable. We are holding him accountable for lying, cheating, and a lack of contrition. And for flouting the rules that all of us must play by. Because there cannot be different rules for different people in this country. And former presidents are no exception. This decision is a massive victory for every American who believes in that simple but fundamental pillar of our democracy. That the rule of law applies to all of us. Equally. Fairly. And justly. Thank you. So yeah you know, it's
0: coming home to roost now. The chickens are coming home to roost. Donald Trump probably thought he would forever get away with his malfeasance. Well, now in the latter stages of his life, the old man uh, will pay. The thing about it is what will be the behavior of a sycophant? We don't know, but it doesn't matter. His life, For all practical purposes, as a supposed tycoon, we know it's just a tycoon on paper only, never amounted to much. Well, for all practical purposes, no matter what he tries, It's over. Mustafa Carroll, former head of Care, but I know he got reabsorbed into it again. So, first of all, tell us a little bit about you, Mustafa. Uh,
2: Okay, Uh, a little bit about me. Born and raised in Gary, Indiana. Come from a family of four boys. My father was a steel worker. My mother was a nurse. Left Gary after high school. Attended Indiana University, where I did my undergraduate work in biology and psychology. Met my wife there got married in Indiana uh, over 40 years ago I had two kids in Indiana then we moved to Texas uh, where I was working in health care. I was at uh, Dolph Coates Regional Blutton mm-hmm. I was a uh, director of Apheresis on mobile got recruited to work in Dallas worked in Dallas for like 17 years and then got recruited to come back to Houston and that's when you probably saw me
0: that's when I met made- you and, yep, okay.
2: and ironically, we
0: always talk about six degrees of separation. It turns out that the woman that you're married to is from the same country of my origin, yep. Panama. It's it's Sabroso. amazing. Sabroso. <laughs> there you go. But I any, love it too. I, I know, I know, and you love all the good food. Lucky you. Yeah, mm-hmm. Best food. Yes, but here, look, you are, you are the former head of CARE in Houston. Yeah, what is I, CARE?
2: Me, well, CARE is the um, the largest Muslim civil rights organization in the country. Uh, we protect civil rights for Muslims. Uh, we're advocates uh, we not only engage with Muslims but we actually Uh, this event here uh, reminds me that we did a lot of immigration work, a lot of social justice, a lot of criminal justice reform. Uh, We've been involved in almost every aspect of social justice you can think about, but we're primarily uh, our goal is to to serve as a civil rights advocate for Muslims and we help them and we want people to understand the Muslim community. So we help to bridge understanding between communities and with community.
0: Now um you're, you're, you moved to Dallas uh, a few years ago. Right. And and uh, you claimed that you were going to be a retired person. Yep. Turns out it's not quite that way. What has happened?
2: I moved to Dallas, and people said, "Well, are you going to work with Ken?" And I said, "No, I'm retired." The very next day, they asked me to be a consultant, which was lightweight. It wasn't too big, uh, and so I did that for maybe a year. And this recently, November, November first, I. Got got commandeered to help them. The former executive director, they had left, and they asked me to, to help them Reboot Care DFW, so uh, I'm back with Care. It's like being in the mafia. <laughs> well, I tell you, you know, they, they keep dragging, dragging me. In. In. <laughs> yeah, Al
0: Pacino, right? Yep, yeah, yeah. But but anyway, um, the, the reason I wanted to talk to you is what's occurring right now in the Middle East, specifically Israel and Gaza. And before we get into it, I want to make a subject to the people that are listening: being anti what's going on has nothing to do with anti-Semitism and you should not allow anybody to shut you up when you're attempting to just talk humanity. Yes. Let's remember that. Anyway, I want to hear your uh, what your thoughts are on what's occurring in Israel right now.
2: Absolutely. Well, most of the people here, the way it's been framed forever, and it didn't just start October 7th, but the frame is that uh, Israel has the right to defend itself. That's not arguable. Anybody can say that. But unless you understand the history of what's happened in Palestine for the last 75 years, uh, it's been to, to oust the Palestinians from their homes. Uh, you have a lot of human rights and, uh, abuses that have been going on way before October 7th. And then October seventh and Hamas attacked Israel and Israel's response has been well over the top. I mean, it's not even an appropriate response uh, and and people don't know that it is an occupier, one of the worst uh, occupations that we've seen in modern history. That there are over 300 and something checkpoints that you have children being uh, put in prisons and now we're seeing what appears to be uh, Genocide in our own time
0: Actually by definition I mean it's not arguable I mean some people would like to make it an arguable position It's not not an arguable position Uh, By definition That is what we're having By definition Gaza and the West Bank Are apartheid territories
2: Absolutely You know you don't I, I, and people tr- tell me, ask me, they say, "Well, you know, because there's similarities between the Civil Rights period, right, uh, the Jim Crow South, and that." But when I examine it, it's even worse than what happened in Jim. I mean, if you want to say that, because in Jim Crow South, we could drive where we wanted to drive. Right. We didn't have uh, places that I couldn't drive. Not, not by law. Uh, we didn't have a thousand-mile, twenty-six-foot-high wall that was like. It's the open. It's the largest open-air prison. We didn't have uh, our children. Be, well, yeah, people were getting shot and killed, but now we see it wholesale. We didn't see them putting the level. It's the level of things that we're seeing now. And Gaza is just... Well, un-
0: our laws yeah. had the semblance of equality. The laws did if it weren't for the people, but the laws had a semblance. So it wasn't real.
2: No, not, not great, but it is a, a semblance. It's a semblance of it. No, it's now, not there's not even a equality. semblance. They right? no equality. They, they can't vote. They're second class or third class citizens at best. Uh, And I don't know why people are confused when they understand what's going on.
0: Well, I mean, I I, and that's where care and a lot of other organizations should come in, in my humble opinion, in that. Most people are good people. Most Americans are good people. The problem is most people are also ignorant. Absolutely. They don't understand the genesis of places. They don't understand the genesis of conflicts. Absolutely. What should we do? Because, like I said, one of the things that I I, I tell people now more, and it's, it's necessary... It's do not allow any anybody any identity to co op co op a word. Yes. What happened in uh, in Germany was a genocide. It was a Holocaust. It was horrendous. Absolutely. And there's no doubt that. Uh, but what the current Israeli government and pre- previous Israeli governments are doing in Gaza and the West Bank and in Israel proper.
2: It's, it's outrageous, and what is worse about it, one of the things that really hits home uh, for me and has for, for a long time, is like we're we're giving. <laughs> Three point eight billion dollars a year to, to a country that doesn't need that support. We're giving them all the state of the art weapons. So most of the, the the common folks, when they hear that, uh, uh, the way that it's been framed, they think that this is a war of equals. So right. It's not even a war. It's a rout. Right. It's not a war. You got one got group got homemade we- r- rockets and made up pipes, pipes and stuff like that, and the other group has Everything that we have. 2,000 pound bombs. 2,000 pound bombs. More bombs being dropped in Gaza now than what was dropped any other place for over a period of years. We're dropping on a place the size of New Jersey.
0: We have to start trying to uh, have folks recognize what humanity is all about again. Because I, I think what happened is when you dehumanize a group, uh, when you uh, oppress that group or apply violence to that group, uh, nobody sees it for what it really is. Yeah. And I think that's that's one of the things that we have and to learn.
2: And one of the things about oppressed peoples is that other folks, I don't know why, but they, they tend to wonder can't believe a response. I mean, I remember during the civil rights yeah. moment, there was just a period of time. There was a time. They should have known that there was going to be a time that their people were going to resort to violence. I don't know why that surprised me. Yeah.
0: Well, well, that's the reason Martin Luther King was successful to some extent, right? Yeah. The fear that eventually the sleeping dog's going to wake up.
2: Yep. Yeah. And the
0: sleeping dogs woke up. Because let's look at our founding fathers, right? Yeah. Aren't the, the, the founding fathers were sleeping dogs that woke up and if well, in, in today's world, would the founding fathers be called terrorists?
2: Yep. They would be called terrorists. And they were called some, all kinds of things back then. But they would be, definitely be called terrorists. They would be called uh, insurrectionists because they went against... The England. current government, right? And you remember they had famous sayings like, give me liberty or give me or death. Or give me death, yeah. And the Boston Tea Party right. uh, was to, to protest... No taxation without representation. All those things now, historically, people look at and say, oh, my God, that was that was so heroic. But it wasn't heroic to the British. Right. It was an insurrection. Right. The it was going against the government. You know, those things that we, we, uh, we look at now in a different way. So let me ask you. Um What should we,
0: Mustafa, be doing? First of all, to educate the people in America to the truth, not the narrative, to the truth. And why this is also a danger for us. You know, we look at it as, well, we are bigger, we are more powerful. But this is actually a danger to every single American citizen, what we are allowing to occur in uh, Gaza and the West Bank.
2: I was on a program back in the end of November called Beyond Gaza, meaning what are we going to do next? What's going to happen after this? And for our country, look, we we are no longer, we have no no longer. And, and i told them. They asked me, "What about our moral compass?" I said, "We don't have one." We don't have a moral compass. We're losing our standing in the world. People are seeing this, and they and this is emboldening other groups to do what we're doing. We're leaders in the world. So when when they see that the, the a large the, the most, one of the most if the most powerful country in the world has no moral compass, then what does that say to the rest of the world? That means that whatever they do, the thing that we were were, uh, upset about the Russians invading Ukraine at the very same time that we said that, this thing with Gaza has been going on for centuries, I mean for decades been going on for decades. With our blessing that we are
3: complicit
2: in the murder of over almost close to 30,000 folks, wantonly, we are complicit. We can no longer say that we are the democratic, the moral leader of the world. We're not. We haven't been for a good while. And so what we have to do as a community, and this is a long-distance race, this is not a trend, What we have to do is Consistently educate people As to what is really happening Despite the fact That you're going to be called anti-Semitic That you're going to be called enemies Of the state of Israel and all this other garbage. If we're not enemies, I speak the truth
0: Now, uh, let me me just tell you that All this this info That we talk about When we talk these issues I make sure that this this is Sanctioned by my Jewish friends. Right. I have a lot of Jewish friends that I pass a lot of my wordiology by to ensure that we are in fact saying things correctly. And the vast majority of my Jewish friends have, have told me, Egberto, what you're doing by trying to spread the truth to the American population, there's nothing anti-Semitic about it. We right. cannot allow others to make one believe that speaking up against a right-wing, evil Israeli government is somehow anti-Semitic. Con- it is not.
2: Absolutely. And, and, and the narrative now is that they've conflated it. Right. They've conflated Anti-Semitism to be anybody who speaks against the state of Israel, right? And 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 if and you know, Jewish Voice of Peace was outlawed, uh, and several other Jewish organizations internally their own people, right? And, th- and let me say this: there are lots and lots of Jewish folks who disagree with what's going on. It's actually a, a, large, a
0: plurality,
2: a large majority. A yeah, large, I don't know if it's a majority, but it's a large group, right, of Jewish folks who disagree with what's going on on a humanitarian basis.
0: It, it is amazing. Uh, there, there are many coming out and said, oh, my God, we were indoctrinated. Yes. That's what they've said. They've I said that their leaders it. have indoctrinated yes. them Absolutely. and no more. They're, they're, the, the biggest the biggest uh, risk to the Jewish people is the current Jewish Israeli Government.
2: Absolutely. And it's been going on. The, the sad thing is, uh, if there's a silver lining behind all it, this, it's that now the whole world is seeing it. The, the downside to the silver lining is. Look at the price that's being paid.
0: 28000 and counting.
2: And counting. Now, look at what's happening at home. We have around 3,600 cases, civil rights cases in the last three months. We have that many cases because this stuff is getting back home. So people on their jobs are being discriminated against. If they say ceasefire, if they say free Palestine, and God forbid that they should say from the river to the sea, I didn't know that that had any meaning except free the people in
0: but it's But it's deeper than that because it yes. turns out that the Likud party, that's in their platform from the river, river to the, to the sea. sea. In other words, they are, if they believe that phrase really mean extermination, yes, that means that that's what they stand that's for. That's
2: what they think it means for them. When you say Palestine will be free from the river to the sea, in in their opinion, that means you you want to see
0: the state of Israel. Well, I think it, people should be educated to understand that from the river to the sea, actually, for most Palestinians, actually mean we don't want to be Removed from our lands, no matter where it is, and we don't want others, meaning the Israelis who are who've been in that land, or I should say the the Hebrews who've been in that land. That's that's fine as well.
2: Now the the injustice of all of this. They can't return. The Palestinians right. can't return. And this is not just Muslims. This is the, some of the earlier uh, opponents right. of the state of Israel were Palestinian Christians. Right. And, and, and those folks cannot return. They're having their homes demolished. They're, those that aren't demolished, they're confiscating lands, giving it to settlers, people who've never been there before, people coming from New York and Jersey and other places in the world. That they're just, and and have got to look at this and understand that there's there's no intention, in my humble opinion, that the state of Israel wants to see any peace at all. My, my what I see happening is this is the biggest land grab of of my, in modern history, you know. And, and as I was telling people before there's absolutely nothing that they're doing in the state of Israel that we didn't do here first. Exactly. If you look at our our pedigree, what happened in this country, we killed all the, we tried to annihilate all the indigenous people. We took the land, we, we murdered them, we marched them from Alabama to, to Oklahoma. I the mean, all trail pedigree. of
0: tears. I, again, when you talk about moral compass, you said we're losing our moral compass. The question is, when did we have a moral compass? <laughs> we can say we have a moral compass, The moral compass is are the individual people in America who have always tried to do good. Yes. that the plutocracy in this country has never had a moral compass and the government was always an heir to the, or rather a a, a, a frame of the plutocracy.
2: Absolutely. So absolutely.
0: anyway, we got to close out here. So give me a quick closer.
2: Do you have a quick closer? I am begging folks to learn as much as you can on both sides of this issue, especially on the Palestinian side, because it hasn't been talked about in the in the public square. We've only heard one side of it. And and the other side that side has done a, a magnificent job of shutting down any information on on the Palestinian side. And those folks have suffered for over seventy five years to fifty year Block, uh, 15 year, I think, blockade of Gaza. No medical I just saw, saw a, a, a documentary showing the challenges that they have to go through medically. Before October 7th, they, were, they had no power, no water, no all these things are happening. And now it's what I call white supremacy on steroids. It's white supremacy on steroids. Everything that's happening there has happened here. But now it's happening on steroids, and we have to praise everyone.
0: Mustafa Carroll, thank you so kindly for your frank conversation. We spend a lot of time deconstructing the news, trying to trying to parse it into a form that everybody can understand. We try to find those little nitpicks where uh, it goes, it flies above the fray, etc.